Hey guys, you're about to listen to the Dive Deeper podcast from the Gathering Surf City. This is a short summary of the previous sermon. We hope that you can use it to dive deeper not only into the message, but dive deeper into discussion with your community, your family, and most importantly, into God's Word. So suit up, and let's get ready to dive deeper together. Good morning. And I always say that because it's Friday morning here in the Gathering Library and for Dive Deeper, which it will be the follow-up conversation to Sunday's message, and I'm excited about that. I, I, I have sort of backed off some of the scheduling that I intended because of you know, some of the things that have happened in recent weeks, but I'm excited about the message for Sunday because I'm going back to a well that I've been to before. I'm going back to a passage that I enjoy, and and uh, Romans chapter 5 is, a, is a, a, a portion of scripture from the pen of Paul by inspiration of God, which really gives us a, a sense of accomplishment. But more than that, not our accomplishment, God's accomplishment. Um, and so, so as I begin putting together some of the thoughts for this coming Sunday morning, I'm thinking, all right, uh, how does this roll out for us to understand uh, that which God has accomplished. I mean, we live in a society and a culture where we say, you know, what have, what have you accomplished? Uh, uh, we have what we call resumes, right? This, this resume in which we give an address and, and maybe there's a picture and, and then there's a, a listing of, of, of things that are very natural in our lives or there's a list of education or or, or, or possibly position and jobs and all that. We, we, we kind of list our accomplishments, right? And so, so a, a, as I consider that, I thought, what is it that God has accomplished in us? You see? And then once God has done uh, and continues to do what only God can do in our lives, in us, then, then becomes the sort of uh, natural follow-up to what God has accomplished and, and what it is that God expects. And see, that's the thing. We, we can get caught up in legalism. And can I just go ahead and admit it? I'm a good legalist. I can follow rules. Uh, I can follow, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it when you cook? You know, uh, a recipe. I can follow a recipe, Right? And say, okay, well, here's my flour, and here's my eggs, and here's my cocoa, and here's my sugar, and, and here's my milk, and, and now what I got, I've got a cake, right? I can follow a recipe. But God's recipe for us, God's accomplishment in us, God's expectation of us. I want to reflect on a book, a passage in a book that we don't often talk about. It's the prophet, prophet Habakkuk. Now, a lot of times when I preach from a minor Old Testament prophet, I have to give page numbers because people can't find them. Habakkuk is one of the prophets of the Old Testament. He's actually one of the prophets to the, the, the nation of Judah after the, after the division of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And, and, and Habakkuk delivers an oracle, is what it's referred to, to, to the, the nation of Judah. Uh, what's happening is, is Judah has been in this period of revival and Josiah, a very righteous and godly king, dies uh, and, and his successor 
um, Jehoiakim. Now, there's a couple. I might have missed up. Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin. Anyway, uh, Josiah's successor is not a worthy successor to lead the people of Judah. And so, so Habakkuk has this oracle in which he questions God. He says, God, how long will you allow unrighteousness injustice how long god will you allow evil to continue to exist to actually have triumph over your people and then in chapter two it's really cool because habakkuk kind of asks all his questions in chapter one <clears throat> and then in chapter two and i'm gonna read it from the from the message translation just because it just sort of flows it just sounds good it's not that it's 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 a a literal translation, but 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 it just gives sort of the 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 emotion, okay, uh, of what Habakkuk is communicating. And and in chapter two, verse one, he says, "What's God going to say to my questions? I'm braced for the worst." I mean, think about it. Habakkuk has has kind of said, "All right, God, answer my question." And and Habakkuk come back and says, "Okay, I'm braced for the worst." I'm sure I don't understand God's position. I'm sure I don't understand what God's accomplishing. But Habakkuk says, I'll climb to the lookout tower and scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says, how he'll answer my complaint. And then here it comes, and then God answered. <laughs> I love it. And then God answered write this. Habakkuk, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. I want it big enough that if you're running by it, you can read it. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It'll come right on time. Look at that man. Now, that man is sort of the reference to the Chaldeans, the, the, the empire that is coming against God's people. He says, look at that man bloated, puffed up by self-importance, full of himself, but soul empty. He's empty inside. He looks puffed up. He looks full, but he's empty inside. But the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing, that's our faith. You see? That's, that's what God has accomplished in us. That is our justification, our redemption, our regeneration. God has done that in you. Says, but the person in right standing before God through loyal <clears throat> and steady believing is fully alive. And the way the message translation pulls it, puts it is really The person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing through that unwavering faith is fully alive, really alive. 
<clears throat> has your faith been challenged in recent days? What has challenged your faith? This is for the dive deeper. These are questions that we want to consider. What kind of things challenge your faith? Is it circumstances? Is it news reports? Is it a political environment? Is it your emotions? Is it any of those things that, that are, are, are sort of uh, outside of us, superficial in a way? Those things that are beyond our control sometimes? You see, what challenges your faith? And then answer this question, why? All right, so basic question, why does it challenge your faith? Or can I be more pointed in this and say, why do you allow it to challenge your faith? Why do you allow circumstances, emotions, events to challenge your faith? Because the person in right standing before God through loyal, steady, believing faith is fully alive. And really alive. We don't waver. We are not tossed about by every wind of doctrine or every societal cultural event. We walk steadfastly in what God has accomplished in us. We believe it. We live it. Don't let your faith be challenged in these days. Don't let your walk with Jesus falter. Keep your eyes on him. He authored your faith and he has finished the work in you. Now let's live it. Have a blessed day. Hey, thanks for diving deeper with us. We hope that you will take these questions with you this week and allow it to help shape the world around you and grow your love for Jesus and others. We are praying for you and hope you have an amazing week this week.